Hey there, welcome to the Health and Harmony podcast where your health and harmony is our mission. I'm Chrissy Rice, a spiritual wellness coach joined by Mike Fave, an independent researcher and health clinician. And on today's episode, we are going to dive into all about meditation. So Mike, meditation, do you meditate? <laughs> I do indeed meditate uh, on a daily basis actually. And it's actually been something that's been extremely helpful for me overall in managing stress, managing my emotions effectively, and then also uh, kind of prioritizing things in my life as far as what's most important and what I'm reaching for and how much energy I'm expending on something and how much something is stressing me out and whatnot. So it's been, for me, it's been extremely helpful. Uh, I learned how to do it when I was first in college. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I I worked with a llama who was like a, they have, you know, like they call him the Dalai Lama, but, and then there's yeah. the Buddhist llamas and whatnot. This guy was a llama for, uh, it was, what was it? It was called Dogen, which was like a type of mindfulness meditation, essentially mind training. And then when I first went into it, you know, I wasn't, didn't go in with a spiritual sense and I didn't even really come out of it as in terms of a spiritual sense that most people think about in terms of, God or anything like that, but it was really just like a in-depth mind training that I went through with this with this llama, and it kind of, it really changed me after I went through it. I had some significant breakthroughs and awareness of my own mind in the training, and ever since then, I've just continued it because it was extremely helpful. Yeah, it is. Breakthroughs are like the number one word for meditation. I feel like that's how that's what I get when I do meditation. I try to meditate daily as well. And when I do it, it stops me. My mind is always go, go, go. So I'm always like up in the air, just thinking about the next thing, next thing, next thing. And when I come down to meditate and I'm grounded, like you said, I start to prioritize things or these ideas will come to me that I've been thinking about and can't really quite figure things out. So like things, I figure things out when I meditate. I would say that would be the best explanation for me. For me, the meditation is more of, uh, not necessarily the, the figuring things out as much as it's, it's kind of like an awareness of my thought processes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think that you're supposed to be quiet your mind when you're meditating and that you're not thinking anything at all. But the difference is it's not that you're not thinking anything at all or that you're not feeling anything and that you're in complete stillness per se. It's more that you are watching the thoughts and the emotions and things go by and you're choosing to just observe them and not interact with them. Right. And it's like you get into this spot where you're not your thoughts, you're not your sensations, you're not the sights, you're not the sounds, you're not the smells, you're not the emotions. You're kind of this third party observer who's able to watch all of these things go by and, and choose what to pay attention to if so. And then you get to a place of stillness from reaching that third party observer position and not so much of like that you don't have any of those things going on. It's just they're going on, but you just don't your awareness is not on them. So that was for me, that was super helpful to be able to do that, because I think a lot of people live their lives in their stream of consciousness, in that train of thoughts that are always yes. running. And they assume that the train of thoughts is who they are. And you start to realize that the train of thought that you're experiencing on a daily basis is a story that your mind is 
is constantly creating for you and you are living through this story, but it may not necessarily be the reality of, of a situation. And so when you have the meditation, you get that awareness state and you're able to step out of it. I remember the first time I actually went through a meditation and I came back and I was talking to my dad and I, and I told him, I was like, I'm not my thoughts. And I was so excited about it. And I was, uh, it's like these things that happen in my mind, like I don't have to pay attention to them. They don't have to, they don't control my outcomes. Like they don't even matter. And so I like was able to separate. And for me, that was a huge thing because I was really controlled by my thoughts for quite some time, endless thinking. And so yeah. that, that centered me quite a bit. And then the other thing that I was able to do is when you get that level of awareness, you can start to change where your conscious awareness is on a regular basis. And so you can get to this place where you're aware of your mental thought processes and your bodily functions. And you can kind of use, create like a barometer of what your stress level or your energy levels is or, how, or check in how you're feeling or things that are going on. And then you can adjust accordingly. So you get a really high level awareness. For me, I've been able to maintain that on a regular basis. Usually really stressful things can pull me out of it. Mm -hmm. But I most times I'm able to stay centered in that uh, perpetually across uh, across time. So that's the that has been really helpful for me. Uh, and then in, in terms of stress management, in terms of uh, emotional regulation. So if I ha have an emotional response to something, I'm able to recognize it, not act through it, and then adjust the response that I'm going to give for, uh, that would be appropriate for that circumstance, not necessarily because I was triggered. So the meditation, there's there's so many good things I can say about meditation, but I, I think people's general perception of what it actually is, is not what it is when you start to do it and you start to uh, go through it. And I think I was extremely fortunate and lucky to have met this Lama to actually get that type of training instead of the more commercialized meditation stuff that you have out there that's just kind of, you know, it talks about awareness, talks about focus, but doesn't really get into the like the the meat of it and like what actually is going on and why you're training your focus or why you're training your awareness. Yeah. I think a lot of people are scared of meditation too because the ones that I talk to anyway, they're like, okay, so meditation is just like sitting in a dark, quiet room, maybe with a candle lit and you just have to sit there like in complete silence and like be with your thoughts. I don't want to be with my thoughts. They're, they control me on the day to day. But like you said, you are not your thoughts. Like these things do not control you. And then when you're in meditation, you kind of get, you realize that and you get a better grip on those thoughts and a better control over where those thoughts are going to go throughout the day. And so it's not about that. And I, I don't know what you do, but I personally like guided meditations more than I do just listening to meditation music and doing it myself. I like that guidance of visualization, um, figuring things out, taking my mind somewhere else. What about you? I think so. I don't actually listen to music. I don't listen to any guided meditations. The place where when I was like training the meditation, what I was trying to do was I would go into like really crowded places. Uh, like a, I would go into when the town I used to live, they had this, this, this street that had all the restaurants and there's always tons of people walking around. And so what I would do is I would go into the center of this street and just kind of sit on the bench with all these people moving around me and all the noises and music and everything else. And I would try to basically 
practice my like maintaining that third party observer state in mm-hmm. like a really chaotic environment or i would do it i would really try to practice on airplanes because i used to have like a significant fear of flying i try to practice it on the airplane and just watch the feelings of fear and the stress response that came when there was turbulence or something and then i would also practice it in really stressful circumstances like when i was in the hospital I would go in with the intention and I'd be like, okay, today I'm going to try to maintain this third party awareness state and regulate my stress response to some extent, or just be aware of my stress response to some extent while I'm going through things. So I was trying to put myself in, not necessarily trying to put myself, but in circumstances, sometimes yes, but in circumstances that would normally be stressful or like really difficult to maintain a focused awareness. I would try to do it in those states so that while I was walking around in other areas, it was easier to do it in everyday life because I can do it in these like really extreme circumstances. So for me, that's, that's where I, you know, I'm at this point, the awareness stuff, all I have to do is like, I, there's a sensation that I'm aware of that drops me into my awareness that I kind of, it's not, it's like when you know how to ride a bike, right? Like, you know mm-hmm. how to do the, you don't have to think about it anymore. So with the meditation, like I know, I know the feeling and I know how to get to it and then I just get to it. And so I just, give my, I give myself little reminders to just check into that on a regular basis and to run into that in daily circumstances of life. And I'll go into circumstances where I have to, where I'm under stress or things like that. And I will practice being in the awareness and it helps center me quite a bit. So I think, and and another thing I want to mention is this is just one type of, of meditation and type, but this is just one aspect. There's other things that you can practice with your mind because the meditation is essentially mind training or mind awareness. It so is. once I, once I got the awareness, there's other things that I started playing around with in my mind on a consistent basis to try to see like what the boundaries and capabilities were. And we can talk about some of those. Yeah. Yes. And what happens to our bodies when we are meditating versus when we're not. Yeah. And I think it depends on the type of meditation yes. that you're doing. So like some of the other ones that I'll practice. So once I figured out awareness and I was like, oh, I can actually control my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this third party observer say get to gives you a degree of like control around your mind and the things that you can do. So I started to practice trying to generate images or uh, scenes with my mind, kind of like an inception thing. Like you can use your mind to generate an, a 3D image or a 2D image or whatever the, the thing is, and then work around and play with that particular image. So you, you're creating these visualizations, like these, these events that are occurring or these scenes, and then you're trying to like manipulate the pieces and the perspectives. And for me, that's helpful when I do research because I can take the diagrams or the things that the researchers are talking about, and then I can construct an iteration of it in my mind and then play around with the pieces and whatnot. And meditation was something that helped me to be able to realize, oh, I can do this. Because I was kind of doing it before without being aware of it. And then when I became aware of that I was doing that, then I started to um, I started to like realize that I can exert some degree of control over it and start to play around with those elements. So that was something that I started to do with the meditation. That's actually not relaxing so much because you're no, like exerting yeah. a lot of mental energy to try to do it. Yeah. So there, there was that specifically. And so we have the awareness meditation, 
where you're like just aware of everything, you're paying attention to what's going on mm -hmm. and you're not attaching, then you have, I call it like kind of like a, a visualization or a generative yeah. meditation. And again, these are my own terms that I made up for myself. They're not anything special or scientific. It's just yeah. how I kind of grouped it in my mind. And then this generative one where you're creating this image or this scene and whatnot, and you're playing with it. The other one is fo a focus meditation, which also isn't relaxing. So it's basically you can get to a point where you can actually get into stillness, into emptiness of the mind if you are able to focus on a point or to an extreme degree and then hold that focus for an extended period of time. So you basically are training your ability to focus. And this helped me when I'm when I was doing work or when I was interacting in certain circumstances where I began to get fatigued. I realized that I could like dial in my focus if I needed to. And you get used to like your body or your mind wants to tell you to stop focusing or it's like pull your distract you to pull you off of that focus point and you just practice coming back to the focus point constantly and so when i'm doing work or I have something going on i can just bring myself to the focus point constantly focus point focus point focus point and then i can ignore you basically practicing ignoring the distraction not paying attention to them at all and when you focus into a really high degree the distractions become less and less uh available kind of like if you were to as you like look if you had a cup and you look at the cup, if you bring it really close to your face, you don't see anything else around it. So the mm -hmm. focus like that is essentially that, but you do it with your mind. I'm not doing it with my eyes, I'm doing it with my eyes closed, but it's more about like my mental focus. Yeah. So you have the focus, you have a generative or a visualization one, you have an, uh, the awareness meditation. And then the other one is, um, it's more, it's like kind of an extension of the awareness meditation, but it's in in like circumstances where you have like a strong emotional or fear response or something like that, being able to just watch this, the fear response and take that split second so that you don't react out with anger or, or frustration or sadness, and then let the emotion pass, like accept the emotional and sensational response that you get. And then, then make a logical outcome, make a logical decision about what the next steps are. So kind of practicing, these types of things, those are the major, um, meditations that I, that I focus or another one is body awareness. So basically you can feel where you have an intuitive center. So you have like a mind center mm -hmm. where you, if you can bring your bodily awareness up into your mind, and then you can work with your thought processes specifically. And it's almost like your body is diverting all resources to your head, but then you also have an, like an intuitional, uh, center at least for me, I feel like an intuitional where you can divert your resource back down and kind of feel your abdomen and your chest and your gut. And you get like instinctual understandings of how you're going to go about things or what you're going to do. And I think what you're talking about is like, you can get a lot of guidance from that. Yeah, You get a lot of realizations from that as well. They just kind of come, they don't feel like they're coming from you. They feel like they're coming from somewhere else. And you just, yeah. you don't know how you know this thing, but you just kind of know it. And so like, there's that as well. So you can play around with those different pieces. There's a lot you can start to do with your mind. And it's really interesting once you get just get out of your thought processes and you're actually able to see how your mind is working. Yeah, it's get out of your thought processes and get out, get into the present moment. Yeah. Get into right now, not not yesterday, not an hour ago and not tomorrow. So it's right here right now. Yeah. And you can change timelines too when you're able to exert control over your mind. So you can get into like you can have a thought process. So say you're talking about if I'm going to embark on this particular diet, 
you can zoom forward like in time as like what your anticipated outcomes were for this in like a particular thing that it happens just on gut function. And then you can like move back a little bit. So you're seeing what's going on in multiple systems and you can zoom back in the past is what led you to this diet. And so you can start playing with your timelines in your mind and zoom out of perspectives, getting like really narrow focus on one piece and then looking at that piece in a broader picture. And so like you get a lot of capability with your mind. Once you, again, once you're out of that thought process, you can start to, you can see the present moment, you can see the future and you can see the past and you can look at them together on a, on a time scale and be like, okay, this is where I was. This is where I am. This is where I want to go. And then like, then you can like choose which area to interact with. And yeah, so this and is, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, you do that enough times, do not be surprised when those outcomes happen because our minds are powerful. And if you focus on that path that you've been drawing yourself to meditation after meditation after meditation, more than likely that's going to actually happen. Yeah. Like for real in real yeah, life. And so people talk about like the manifesting stuff with this. And I think some people think that it's bullshit. And I think the idea that if you just think something's going to happen, that'll just happen to you probably isn't no. reality. But it's more so if you're investing a lot of time and energy into like this, a project that you're interested in or some outcome that you want. And so you're thinking about it and you're figuring out what's the best way to go about it. And you're reading about it and you're meditating on it. And then you're putting action into your life on this thing, you know, then it's like, then you see the outcomes, like you're manifesting it because of all of these actions and things you're putting around it. You're spending all this time and energy on this particular thing and moving towards that direction actively. It's that yeah. active process that I think gets people to manifest the outcomes that they want. But a lot, it does start with your mindset around something and your belief set. Cause if there's something that you want to do, you know, whatever it is, you want to get good at a sport, you want to get good at an instrument, you want to do something with your business, you want to move to a new career. Like the first thing is that you have to believe that you can do it. And then you have to understand what it takes to do that thing, accept whatever that what it takes is and then involve yourself and engross yourself into it. And if you yeah. have this mindset that if I'm going to spend the energy and I'm going to be involved in this thing that I will get better and I'm, I'm going to if I fail, I'm going to try like you adjust all these foundational beliefs around something and you put the time and energy into it, you will develop it. You will. Yeah, you will. It's, for me, it's changing your energetic vibration. So you've changed your frequency once you think of the way that you want to go. So if you can visualize the path and the feelings that you want to have to a healthier lifestyle, say, this is the way that you want to dress in this new life. This is the way that you want to feel on the day to day. This is the, you know, the type of, you don't want to feel the anxiety. So you see yourself not see, having any anxiety. You've changed your frequency from being down here to this unhealthy version of yourself to up here higher. And you're starting to energetically attract that into your life. Yeah. And I think if you actually have a belief around those things, then yes. like beliefs can be powerful, not because they just will things into existence, but more so that a belief will change your actions and have a ripple effect across how you go about things on a consistent basis that almost makes it look like you've manifested this thing into your life. Right. When in reality, you've changed your mental structure and your, your belief system around something, and then you've adjusted all your outcomes thereafter. Mm -hmm. It just, 
So, and, and something else to consider is that beliefs that I don't think a lot of people understand this, but beliefs and personality and morals and ethics and all these things are malleable. They're adjustable. It's not, they're not entirely set in stone. They can be adjusted and they can be, they can be moved and you can develop them further and all of these type, all of this type of stuff. And it, again, it, that comes from first understanding that you can do that and then diving into the process, understanding how do I do that? And a lot of how you do that is you have an, you have something that you want to achieve and then you go about putting the actions in place to achieve that thing. And as you put the actions in place to achieve that thing, you are giving your mind evidence that you are on the path to achieve that thing. And yeah. then your belief system changes with the evidence and with the experiences that you go through. So mm -hmm. it, it, if the mindset is actually really important if, with this development and doing all this type of stuff, because if it's not, if it's not organized and those pieces aren't there, then you, you will be shortcutting yourself before you even get to the point where you can change your belief system or your mindset about it. You, you yeah. have to believe that you can do it. You have to at least maybe you're not the person or the, at the place that you want to be now. And maybe who you are right now cannot achieve the things that you want to achieve. But that doesn't mean that the person that you become in the next step or the next two steps isn't the person who can then achieve the things that you want to achieve right now. But it may just take you developing to a certain point so that you have the capabilities to, to become this other person. And again, right. it's a journey. It's a progression. It's not a, like a jump. It, it's an evolutionary right. process. For sure. Yeah. And the mindset is everything. That's where it starts. Getting yeah. your mindset in the right place. Meditation helps significantly with getting your mindset in the right place to become the person that you want to become. Yeah, I think meditation helps you to have an awareness of your mindset and your belief systems so that you can see where you're holding yourself back and have more of an objective perspective on things instead of being entirely a slave to whatever your thought process is. Because right. it's so easy to have these thoughts running to your mind. And if you believe that all the things that you're thinking are true and you generally have a negative disposition, then you you will you will basically just short like cut yourself out of the game before you start. Right. And if you but if you're able to step back and see like, oh, wow, I'm having all these negative thought processes that are not in tune with the direction that I want to go and are not aligned with the things that I want to achieve and I want to do. And it's like well, maybe these things are holding you back. Like if you can recognize that and have some awareness about it, then you can, that's actually a step into moving forward because you're, mm -hmm. you're eliminating that roadblock. And I, and I think the awareness from the meditation is a huge part in what drives that. Yeah. Yeah. Awareness is key. All yeah. right. So what actually happens physically to our bodies when we are in a meditative state? I think it depends on what, like what you're doing again with your mind and how you're like, how you're defining the meditation and whatnot for the meditation. I think you're talking about where it's like you're relaxed and you're moving to this awareness state. I think that type of meditation, you're seeing the body enter a more parasympathetic state, um, mm -hmm. a more relaxed state. You start to change brain waves. I think it goes more towards uh, alpha waves, if I remember correctly. And so you're, you're basically moving the body into a relaxed state overall. So you, it can help to lower stress, help to improve digestion. It can help to lower people's blood pressures. Cause a lot of times anxiety and thought processes, people will subconsciously hold tension. They'll be tense in their body and they don't yeah. realize that that's why, Oh, my traps are always tight. It's like, you're probably just like sitting like this all the time. Yeah. A lot of people do that. 
And so the meditation helps you get awareness of that and realize, oh, I'm going to release this tension in this arm. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop nervously tapping my foot all the time. Right. Um, I'm going to stop clenching my abdomen and all oh, my digestive problems are better when I stop clenching all the time. And so the awareness helps you to get a sense of where you're holding these tensions. And then also to, oh, I need to breathe because a lot of people will hold their breath. And so all yeah. of this is extremely helpful to take the stress off, to get your body into a relaxed state, to calm down. Um, cause I think in, in today's current environment, many people are like hyper on edge all the time, or they're anxious or they're always going, or they're always in their thought process, thinking about this next thing and meditation yeah. helps you to step back from that. So I yeah. think it, there's uniform benefits for stress, for digestive problems, for people, um, for muscular issues, things along those lines, uh, and for like central nervous system health and, 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 and whatnot. Uh, and I don't think that is just ethereal, uh, woo woo stuff. Like I think actually being able to relax yourself and enter into a more parasympathetic state and not have this constant perception of a threat of the future of the past or something coming is legitimate, has a legitimate physiologic basis. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be like a special time or day that you do this. It can literally be five minutes on your lunch break. It can be before you go to bed. It can be right before you get out of bed in the morning. I'm a shower meditator. So I meditate in the shower. It's just my thing. (laughs) So I do it multiple times a day. Um, It just, I like meditating anywhere. I don't have a specific room. I don't have a specific space. It, it goes with me everywhere I am. You know, I can travel and still meditate. And, you know, you can be waiting in the carpool line, put your seat back and do a little meditation while you're waiting, you know, so it can be anywhere you are. Yeah. And in the beginning, I think it's helpful for people to get into the mind state. You have like a dedicated practice and that you commit to such you once you like realize the awareness state, then you can you really get a sense of where you're at. And then you once from there, you can start to take it out into your actual life. So for me, mm-hmm. that's what I did. I worked with that with that that llama and we I went to see him, I think, twice a week, every week for like, I think it was a couple months. And I would we would do like a dedicated meditation for an hour, which is actually a really long time to because yes. you're like still for the full hour time frame. And you're just like you're purely working inside the mind. And, uh, that was like an intense practice. And I think that's what allowed me to do some of these things to like, a a quicker or higher level was because I had that guidance when I was doing it. And, but after that, I was able to just do it randomly at different places and different times and try these like more extreme scenarios and whatnot with the meditation, because I had had that, that practice up front. Mm-hmm. So I think dedicated practice in the beginning is helpful. And then from there you can start to be a little bit more creative in how you go about it and really testing it in these different circumstances and whatnot and, and, and have it be helpful. The other thing I wanted to mention just really quick too, is that people don't realize, but the, if you, if you're in a divorce, if your boss screams at you, if you're in combat, if you're have a severe injury, like a burn, all of those things trigger the same stress hormones, yeah, they yeah. all trigger the release of cortisol, adrenaline, et cetera. Those are the main two. And those stress hormones have a negative impact on the body. So if you're able to change your perception through meditation and awareness of your mind about different events and then adjust your body's, your body's response to those events, then you can definitively lower stress hormones that way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I was this, this is an example I tell my clients when I was working in the hospital and 
both my wife and I were working in the ICU. When I was in the ICU, I had this mentality like, I don't really like what so much what I'm doing. It's we were in COVID and it was like really rough. We had slammed with patients. The ratios between nurse and patients was terrible. People dying all the time, just out of control. Like it was chaos every time you go into work. Like you night before you're dreading going to work. You don't want to be there. It's, you're stressed out the whole day. You don't get a lunch break. You don't get bathroom breaks. It's just like you always go late over your shift. You're working like 14 hours straight and you just feel terrible when you're done. And so I just it was stressful for sure for both of us, like both my wife and I, but I had a little bit less stress than her because my perception of it was just like, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to get it done. And it just is what it is. I'm just going to do it. No matter what happens, I'm going to complete the contract. I signed up for it. I'm going to do what I have to do. And then I'm going to go figure out what my next step is. And for her, her men, her mindset for a period of time until we had kind of talked about it was like, I hate this. I don't want to be there every day. I really don't want to be there. It's just, this is not what I want to do. This sucks, all this type of stuff. And so when we actually wound up pulling our labs, our blood, our blood profile for cortisol and prolactin and the stress hormones at, when we were working in the hospital and her stress hormones were way higher than mine. And she was, uh, she was, I think under a bit more stress than I was now, again, this is just like N equals one experiment, but I think that my perception of it, like I didn't feel as stressed because I was just like, I'm going to do this. And I was just determined that I was going to do this and finish this contract. And it was going to be benefit for us when we're done because we were able to be like more financially secure. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to grind through it. doesn't matter. I'm uh, whatever it takes for her. She really didn't like it for a period of time. And it was like really weighing on her. So those differences, I think that perception is what made the difference in the stress. And I think meditation can help with that directly. And yeah. afterwards she was able to, <laughs> it was a little bit less stressful when we would have our conversations like, we're going to do this. It's going to be like this for our future and all this type of stuff. Yeah. I sort of have a similar, a similar story, which was when I was pregnant with my daughter, I knew that I was going to have a 100% natural birth from the beginning. And everyone's like, no, you're not. You're lying. Wait till you're there. You're going to want all the drugs in the world. And I was like, no, my mindset going into being in labor was that I was going to bring her into the world completely 100% drug free. And she was just going to be like, it was all for her, right? So what, the consequences that I was going to do, they were the consequences for her. So I had this mindset of getting myself through labor, breathing myself through labor, like um, finding different positions to get myself comfortable to get through it. And I made it all the way through with no drugs, no nothing, no nothing. It was just like the most beautiful birth, like, I don't know, like cleanest, like simplest. It was very simple birth. But I was like, that was my mindset from the very beginning was I'm going to do this. And there were moments, there were moments when those thoughts creeped in like, okay, I might need something. <laughs> <laughs> I might need something here. But then I was like, no, you don't. Remember what you agreed to here. Like your mindset is set on this goal, right? And my goal was to get her on that table completely drug-free. Yeah. So you have to, it's all about your mind. It's all about shifting your mindset to get to that final goal that you want. And I think I think that's another thing that's helpful is anticipating what's going to happen and how you're going to deal with the scenario. So this goes with yeah. the visualization. So I would like, for me, I would often, if I have something difficult coming up, I visualize what I'm going to be dealing with and how I'm going to deal with it ahead of time. 
And then I have an understanding that, okay, I'm going to visualize like one of the worst outcomes that could mm -hmm. happen and how I can go like multiple iterations. How am I going to go about dealing with this, 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 this. And then you like, you are basically practicing these scenarios in your mind about how you're going to interact with a certain situation. And it, I think it gives you like a clarity when you go into some of these situations on, oh, well, if this happens, oh, I can, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do that. I can do this. And also having anticipation of how bad something could be or couldn't be. And it's not to be negative. Like you, you're not just thinking, oh, think about the absolutely worst thing. Like that's one thing that you do. And you think about what is the best thing and what is the, what is the most likely thing based on my past experience. And then, so you go into it and you're like, you have these different outcomes and you're in it and you're, you're working through the experience and you're like, okay, like this is, this is probably going to be like this. this is probably going to be like that. Um, and so I think for me, the anticipation, I mean, my, my wife actually used to get like, used to always talk to me because uh, about like, we would be going into a circumstance where we'd have to deal with something and I would be playing out of my mind. If this happens, I'm going to do this. If that happens, I'm going to do that. And she's like, let's just see what happens. Like, no, because if I, if I anticipate it, if I have a sense of what's going to go on and how things are going to unfold and I play out the story in my mind, then when that thing happens, I can, in, I have like a plan. I have a way about dealing with this particular circumstance. And I also can know like, what is the worst absolute thing that can happen? And then there's circumstances where we had difficult things come up. Like uh, just an example with the same hospital stuff, we were trying to get a place to live. I was like, she's like, oh, we'll just go to this place. Like, no, we need to have three options. Cause here we, this person could bail out and then we won't have anywhere to live. And we have to work on Monday in the hospital. And yada, yada, and all this type of stuff. So I would set up like, this could probably happen here. This could probably happen here. This could probably happen here. So I'd set up contingency one, two, three. So if this doesn't work, we have this. If that doesn't work, we have that. That doesn't. And so the, a couple times, like our contract fell through or the lease didn't go how we wanted it to. So I'd always have the other option available. Uh, and then we would be okay. And I was just from like anticipating what are the problems that we're going to run into in these variety of circumstances. And then what's an easy solution to put into these different areas so we weren't absolutely screwed over. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's your Enneagram eight coming out right there because <laughs> my husband's the exact same way, exact same way. He's always like, you know, I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario. Right. And I was like, well, that's a horrible place to live. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's that because you expect the worst and then, then usually the worst doesn't happen. It's usually like not that bad but you're prepared to some extent. Yes, it's the preparation that you need. You need to be prepared for the doomsday. Yeah, and then the thing is, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have to be stressful per se to yes. understand like, okay, this is, it's kind of an objective thing where you're, you're taking, again, like if you're able to separate yourself from the thought process, be like, what is likely to happen? Like, what's the worst possible outcome? What's likely to happen? Okay, this is the worst possible thing. And so this, if this happens, this is what we're gonna have to do. And so your bot, your mind and body are ready to deal with this thing that could happen. And then you go into the circumstance, and you just let it unfold. You don't have to control it. You just let it unfold. And then if it gets to that point, you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to go about this. But if it doesn't get to that point, then you're just like, all right, this is fine. Like, I don't have to really exert this, this energy and whatnot that I was prepared to if the worst thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have the worst, the, the worst case scenario people in your lives. They help you. Well, you, you plan, I think it's with most things, like you go into things, having a plan and then you just yeah. go with the flow. So have a plan, yes. but go with the flow because the essentially the plan, like 
even with the diet stuff or the health stuff or whatnot, you're in a circumstance where like light things can change on a dime with, yes. you know, if you're working or whatever the thing is, but if you have a plan, like maybe you'll get 80% of the way there, which is better than zero. Yes. So <laughs> you basically have that, that plan set up and it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It could be a positive thing. It could be just getting your meals organized for the day. You mm -hmm. have a general plan in mind and you have a structure about how you're going to go about it. You have an idea of how things are going to flow. And so then you can easily adjust and you can make things intuitive. But if you don't have that plan, you don't have that structure, then you can't be intuitive because no. you don't have any guideposts to be able to make adjustments. Like, what are you going to adjust? It's just it's just chaos. There's no there's no type of structure at all. So it's, yeah. that's where, again, but if you, the other problem is if you go in with a plan and your plan is too rigid and you're too rigidly attached to that plan, then it's worse because then things won't go your way and you're just going to frustrate yourself endlessly. So you have it yeah. and you go on and just whatever happens, you let things unfold and then you kind of go from there. And that I think also helps to minimize stress and whatnot for people. Yeah. And I feel like if it's too rigid, you don't actually stick to it because it becomes too hard. I think Chrissy froze. No, you froze. There we go. Are you back? I'm back. Okay. You froze. You froze on me. And then you were like, I think Chrissy froze. <laughs> okay. I'll just say what I just said. I was just going to say. Also, if you make your plans too rigid or your thoughts too rigid and it's too strict, you probably won't stick to them. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you have to, when you're making the plan, the best plan is the one that has room to, um, room for adjustment and room yeah. to, to move and to, to make things work. If you have yeah. like this rigidly structured plan, it'll never work. Right. Or it'll work like a really small percentage of the time. So there needs to be some give. In, and you need to, the uh, uh, intelligently constructed plan understands that life when you, life happens when you're making plans. And so yes. there's a high probability things won't go perfectly. So you have to give room for adjustment inside the plan. Yeah. Yes. All right. Summary of this episode. Start meditating. <laughs> Wherever you are right now. Just do a five-minute meditation today if you've never meditated before in your life. Just try it. See what happens. Yeah, I think um, I think that the understanding the types of meditation or just like the key one would be developing the ability to focus the mind and then get an awareness on what's happening in the mind and across the body. And then like that will take a little bit of structured practice in the beginning. And then once you get it down, then you can start applying that to other circumstances in your life mm -hmm. and using it strategically to minimize your stress, to help your body to unwind, to, to improve digestive function, minimize bodily tension and things along these lines. I think that is the, that's absolutely key and also improve your mindset and be able to objectively understand what are outcomes that you're going to be dealing with, how you're going to deal with them. And then not being married to a strict plan and dealing with those things. The meditation helps with that because you don't get so tied in and, and attached to these, to the idea, to the thoughts or to the, this visualization that you created it allows you to maintain some objectivity in your emotions and your thought processes and your feelings. Right. Right. All right, Mike, where can the people find you? 
they can find me at mikefave.com and they can also find me here on health and harmony what about you same right here on health and harmony or at chrissyrice.com and if you guys have any questions comments or topic ideas for us for this podcast please drop them in the comments we would love to discuss some topics you guys have interest in and thank you for listening yes thanks everyone